0: Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because that thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, oh, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord, and thy words, because that I feared the people, and obeyed their voice. Now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee. For thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned about to go his way, he laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle, and it tore. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou first samuel chapter 15 verses 23 through 28 i find this passage to be among one of the saddest passages in scripture a man stripped of his kingdom as he begs for mercy yet he is assured that he will walk out the consequences of his willful sin God is merciful and gracious to forgive our shortcomings and mishaps. Yet when someone knows the will of God and still chooses to do their own thing, which is rebellion, God is kindled to anger and to action. Therefore, my friend, I warn you of this, that if God has called you to action or spoken something to you, be sure that you listen, for he never speaks without purpose, and he takes his purposes very serious. We can't assume to understand the complexity of God's understanding of a situation, Therefore, we cannot assume to know the importance of our obedience or the severity of our disobedience. No matter how small a matter may seem to us, it has great and unseen effects in the spiritual and in the physical to come, provoking God to either great anger when we disobey or to great joy when we obey. We see this play out all through Scripture, from Esau to Abraham, from Samson to Noah. We see the blessings and consequences of obedience, and we see the outcomes and consequences of willful disobedience to the voice of God. But perhaps no one event in Scripture can drive this message home to us with such clarity of the severity of a single act of disobedience to God's voice, as in the story of Moses and the rock that he struck. In Numbers chapter 20, we see that because of pleasing the people, Saul disobeyed God's voice, but Moses, because of being frustrated with the people's disobedience to God, was he himself caused to stand in opposition to the Lord's instructions which caused him to be punished severely for striking the rock when God had told him to only speak to it. This seems like such a little thing. Yet after all of Moses' toil and labor, God did not allow him to enter into promise because of this one thing. Why? Because he assumed to know more than God. And acted on his own. As always with God, his ways are not our ways and his thoughts and purposes are far above our understanding. As with everything that God says to do, God has several very important reasons for what he says. For one, God had built the people's faith in Moses by commanding him to strike the rock to bring forth water the first time. But now he wanted to build their faith in him, by having Moses speak his words and call forth the water in the name of the Lord their God. By simply repeating what had worked before, striking the rock a second time, Moses took glory for himself that was meant for God. Yet another... And for more important reason for God's anger at Moses' disobedience was because God was setting forth a similitude, an archetype, a message, a testimony that would ring through the ages of the coming Christ, the rock of our salvation. Moses was told to strike the rock once and water would flow out of it, This was later played out at Calvary when Jesus, our rock and Savior, was pierced in his side and living waters flowed out, water representing the Holy Spirit and also the word of God. However, once stricken or crucified, there is no need to do it again. We need only to believe and speak to Jesus, the rock of our salvation, in faith and repentance calling upon the name of the Lord. And that spiritual rock that is Christ will pour out his spirit upon us. Speaking his word to and through us, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 says this of the Israelites in the wilderness, and they all did drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. In striking the rock the second time, Moses' disobedience not only ruined God's example of the coming plan of salvation for the world through the obedience of his perfect son, but it also showed the reality of sin after one has come to the knowledge of the truth. Moses' disobedience caused him to strike the rock a second time, implying that once we have tasted of the living waters of God's Holy Spirit of truth through salvation, if you choose to willingly disobey him, then we crucify Christ all over again. Spiritually speaking, you strike the rock again, and this is greatly displeasing to God. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 4 says this, For those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift, and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted of the good word of God, and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh, putting him to an open shame. Do you understand what I'm saying? And yet another reason for God's instructions to first strike the rock, a type of Christ for water, a type of the Holy Spirit, baptism, cleansing, all of these typologies that were given in Scripture, rather than to only speak to receive it, was to set the precedence for the transition From a works-based approach to God striking the rock the first time, to a faith-based one speaking to the rock and calling the water forth in the name of the Lord. There was a reason that God gave these instructions to Moses the way that he did. We cannot even assume to know all of the reasons that God wanted Moses to speak to the rock that he instead struck. But just looking at these few examples, we can begin to see why God was so displeased that Moses had chosen to do it his way and disregarded the importance of God's way. Moses had no way of understanding the complexity of what God was trying to do, the severity of his disobedience, nor the consequences it enacted. Yet he bore them all the same. No obedience will ever go unblessed, but likewise will no disobedience ever go unpunished. Because it is a prideful thing to assume to understand more than God does. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 5 says, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination unto the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. So my advice today is to never take lightly the leading of the voice of God. No matter how simple or pointless it may seem in the moment, God's words are never without cause or purpose, for beyond our understanding. Therefore, in all things, we need to make God's plan as important to us as it is to him. And worry less about understanding it and more about trusting and obeying lest we face the consequences oh lord forgive us of assumptions forgive us of complacence forgive us of thinking that we can even understand the complexity of your plans and purposes O Lord, give us faith to stand in obedience, to trust you in every little detail and instruction, to seek you, Lord, and not move without your leading. For how great is your faithfulness even unto a thousand generations to those who fear you and move in wisdom because that they've laid down their own and in doing so walked away from the consequences of disobedience. Because if the consequences were this serious for Moses, then how much more so for us who would trample underfoot the blood of a far better covenant? O Lord, we lay down every pride and humble ourselves before you and ask for forgiveness. We ask for you to speak clearly, teach us to hear you with all assurance and give us the faith to walk boldly in the things that you speak to us. Father, we come before you in humble repentance, searching our heart for any time we moved in willful disobedience. This is not something that you take lightly, Lord, regardless if it happened because, like Saul, we were more concerned about what men said than what you did, or if, like Moses, it was something that happened in a moment out of frustration. There is no excuse. It still causes us to come out of right standing. Oh, but we praise you that you made a way of escape. There is a reason that there is a greater judgment for those who remain in sin now that we have been offered the new covenant because Jesus paid the price. He gave the labor of love. He was the sacrifice that made it easy for us. We can come to you right now and say, Father, forgive us. We didn't realize what we were doing. We make no excuses for it. We have sinned against you. We acknowledge today that your wisdom is complete. Your way is perfect. We bow down at your nail-scored feet and ask you to take the stain of our sins away, the mistakes the things we did when we didn't realize it, the things that happened in the heat of the moment, the things that we intentionally stood in rebellion to the leading of your spirit on by the blood of the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. Cleanse us, atone for us. We confess our faults and our sin. We choose today to repent and turn away from them, not to return to them. And we ask for your forgiveness. We ask also for your spirit to fill us, to bring conviction and to lead us into all righteousness, to show us how to walk around all the pitfalls of the enemy, to have patience in the face of his attacks, deceptions, plots and plans, the snares that he is setting. Oh Lord, we pray for discernment. Let us love you enough to desire not to hurt your heart, with the pride of rebellion or acts of selfishness, let us lay aside every vain imagination that dare exalt itself above the glory of God. We give you the only thing that we truly have to offer, Lord. We give you our heart. Take it, replace it, and give us yours. The only one that is guiltless, sinless, perfection. Oh, Jesus, our salvation, our hope, our deliverance, and our righteousness. You see, when I say that no disobedience goes unpunished, I don't think that very many truly understand the depths of what Jesus did for us. I have heard it stated by the preachers of old, that God does not forgive sin. He forgives sinners. Every sin brings a consequence. It brings a punishment. There is not one sin ever committed, past, present, or future, that will just disappear. No, all of it was laid on Jesus. That's why when you choose willful disobedience, when you choose to sin even today, then you are adding to the weight of the burden that he had to bear to take the sins of the world to the grave with him that day. You crucify him anew. You add to the pain and the suffering he has to bear a little more. For you Can you choose to love him enough today to put your sin away? He is so patient and so selfless, but the scriptures tell us that there will be a greater weight of judgment for those who trample underfoot the blood of Jesus than for those who sinned under Moses. Because they have counted the blood of the Son of God an unprecious thing. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.